Hey, you fans, welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name is Adam. And we're at episode 159. Yeah. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Howdy, howdy, do who fans? Welcome to 159. Hope you've all had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related. Yeah. It's felt like a long week. I don't know about it. It has actually. Yes, it has felt like a long week. Yeah. You know, some weeks are just like that. It feels like. Feels like ages since the last episode, but I know. Technically and chronologically and and all that, it's not, but Yeah, it they well it does, yeah. How have you been, mate? Well, I've got your blimmin' flu, haven't I? <laughs> You've given it to me over Skype. Um no, I've been ill. Been oh. been wrapped up in a blanket, feeling sorry for myself. Oh, that's Trying to get some sympathy, but no one gives any anymore, do they? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've you, I'm all right. I've just got the dreaded man flu that you had. Well, you've still got it as well, haven't you? I've got a tiny bit of it. It's yeah. it, it's almost ready to depart. It's just... No, it just keeps coming back. Like a little cyber mat just clinging onto the edge of the TARDIS as it's yeah. flying through space. It's almost <laughs> falling off. Yeah. Almost. But do you do, you do what I do when I'm, when I'm ill? Because I normally just sort of get on with it. I don't let illness sort of put me into you know a bedridden coma i just sort of get on with it but i do have these moments where i make a little camp so i go on the sofa i've got doctor who on and i've got my tissues and a cup of tea and phone and i've got like a little camp around me so that i don't have to oh yeah sort of, i know yeah. I, I quite like it actually i've been getting in from work because i couldn't get anyone to cover me at work so i've been been like oh you know i've had to work and i'm ill <laughs> so i've been coming in and all wrapping myself up just like you said with a little you know hot drink and some terrible old tasting lem sip and yeah and putting on some comfort tv i watched some right rubbish while i've been ill <laughs> i've been i don't know why whenever i like you it's a comfort thing and i like to just sort of um i like to drift back and watch some stuff from my childhood so yep. like i've been watching a bit of night rider <laughs> which i've been absolutely loving it is um it's so yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. not yeah. the not the new no 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 i haven't gone i mean i've gone to sort of the first early series as well because i seem to remember that i think it's in series four kit as this they, they jazz him up too much so he gets like this super pursuit mode i remember i hated that as a kid so i'm sticking with like the classic stuff and been watching a bit of that um i've been listening to a big big big, big finish as well actually um okay. but not doctor who unfortunately so again bit of a bit of a, a rebel this week because um i've been waiting for them to reduce that blimmin prisoner box set since it came out because i'm a massive prisoner fan as you know mm. um but even i wasn't prepared to pay 40 quid for the box set um anyway they, they finally reduced it for one day only 
and I literally noticed the offer um, about an hour before midnight. Uh, it's like literally I got there just in time to get it for the one day offer and I was really chuffed. So I, I downloaded that and I've been listening to a bit of that as well. Uh, and it's really good. I don't know. Have you ever watched Prisoner? I know of it. Isn't it with the it's big great series. white ball that floats That's around? It. And, oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, it's that one. They did do a remake um, oh, a few years ago now, an American one set in a desert. So, yeah, I've been watching a bit of that. And um, I'm going to have to say, I haven't really been doing much Doctor Who-wise. Um, I did, the only thing I can think of really is that I did pop into town uh, at the weekend um, and they had the Doctor Who annual, the new 2018 Doctor Who annual. Oh, yeah. uh, I, didn't, I didn't buy it because it was full price. And I thought, well, no, because that'll be reduced any day now so i didn't buy it but i did flick through it um it's weird because it already feels kind of out of date because we've had all the announcements for like jody and and everything i was sort of looking at the cover thinking so we've got capaldi bill and Nardle. and it already feels like an out of date <laughs> annual if you know what i mean because it's just we're all so geared up for the new series but but um but i flicked through it it's okay and the, the, the nice thing is it has got um jody on the back page which was uh, oh, which cool. I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, it's just got a little picture of Capaldi with a speech. I can't remember what he's saying. Something about moving on and things changing. <laughs> and then on the on the next page, the very last page, it's got um, the Thirteenth Doctor. So I thought, oh, that's really cool. So that makes it feel a bit more, a bit more current, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, as I said, I didn't buy it because I'm sure, you know, you never buy an annual full price because never. never, 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 not no. For two no. reasons. You are, you either get it bought for you as a present because nobody knows what to buy for you. <laughs> yeah, so you know, three of them. <laughs> they see the annual, yeah. Um, or WH Smith, they always do it for ridiculous cheap money after Christmas, don't they? It's normally £2 or something. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing in the works that the last annual in the works was like a pound. Um, <laughs> and I think it was even before Christmas. It was like, you know, a couple of weeks before. They obviously okay. just got loads of it. Um, I, I kind of want to pick up. I don't know if you've seen... You remember the Doctor Who calendar we were talking about, the official one? Um, oh, yeah. We were talking about it a couple of weeks back, weren't we, saying we weren't sure about the design and that they'd run out of ideas. Um, well, our good friend Adam the Ultimate Hoovian bought it, and he was posting pictures of all the mistakes in it. Like, um, you know, it's got, like, the Tom Baker's Doctor. Um, oh, we have yes. a picture of the, the classics uh, with the new series Zygons That's behind right. him. He's like, oh, they haven't even got the Zygons right. And it's got, like a quote from the master saying something about destroying earth or something quoted as the third doctor as in great big letters on the third doctor's page. And it's, it's, it's a bit of a shambles. What's the other one? There's loads of mistakes in it, but you know what? It's weird. Cause it kind of makes me want it more because it's just like, <laughs> it's so bad. I kind of want it just because it's got all these mistakes in it. What's the other ones? There's loads. Yeah, like once did, they but... started looking through them, it was like tweet after tweet of, um, Oh, I've just noticed this as well. And, uh-huh. Yeah, there was a, a TARDIS. There was a couple of TARDIS uh, blips as well that somebody had tweeted. They yeah. used the wrong TARDIS. Oh, it was just a nightmare. But do you reckon it was intern <laughs> week then? Do you reckon it was? I must have been. <laughs> Either that or they really, really just don't care. He's like, oh, can you can you just uh, just tick this off for me so I can get this into print? Yeah, looks good to me. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, roll the roll the papers. Yeah, but um, yeah, there was like a tet trap on the six doctors month as well or something and <laughs> loads of little mistakes like that I, t- I don't know who it is there's a guy on twitter i follow who's brilliant who does um does like mock-up target book covers so they're really funny and oh, he yes. did his own version of the calendar and mm-hmm. i tell you i was 
I was looking at them. In, I was looking at his Twitter feed in bed, and I was absolutely cracking up. My partner was in the bathroom going, "What are you laughing at?" I was like, "Just this covers this guy's done it. hilarious. They're actually better than the real thing." Like, I wish this was a real calendar. He'd like put, you know, like um, uh, Richard Hundrell on the first Doctor's page and things like that, and just you know, really taking the Mickey. And but uh, yeah, it's brilliant. So I might again when that's reduced, when that's in the, you know, Poundland or whatever, I might might grab it for. a for a couple of quid Why just not? so i've got it yeah just so i've got it so you've got the the crappy one yeah that and the so that and the the annual Indeed. reduced in the stocking uh, apart from that i haven't been up to much mate. i went to see it i know you went to see that indeed the clown penny yeah the clown thing i quite enjoyed it actually i know you have a half was terrified oh she? yeah she hated it yeah a bit of we came out within 20 minutes, <laughs> 20 minutes mate. she was gone I was surprised I wasn't, there was some good jumpy bits in it. I was surprised because I'm not really one for horror. Um, I like psychological horror, but I don't like gory stuff. And mm-hmm. But it's not that gory, is it? There's a few mm-hmm. bits, but it's mostly jumpy. And mm-hmm. some of the bits which I think were meant to be scary were actually, I found really funny. I don't know if you thought that. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes where I was thinking, oh, this is so ridiculous, <laughs> but I think it's meant to be scary. Yeah. But no, I quite I, enjoyed it. I quite, quite enjoyed it. I know what you mean. It's a bit like certain classic Who episodes. They're meant to be extremely serious at times, but end up being hilariously funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's been me, mate. Yes. Just cinema, illness, annuals, calendars, just an average week of Doctor Who fan, really. An average week. Yeah. What about you? What have you been up to? Uh, Not a lot, really. You'll be pleased to know anyone that follows the Twitter feed. Be pleased to know or the Instagram feed. I finally found a copy of Doctor Who magazine. Oh, yeah. For this month. It was I tell you what, mate. I've, it's such a bizarre situation, and and what's what compounds the issue is that loads of people popped up on Twitter to say exactly the same thing. Same thing. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, as I said, I can't because I don't subscribe. I normally just pick up the issues that I particularly want to read if there's a good interview in it or something. But every single month, it doesn't matter where I go, if it's W. H. Smiths or Sainsbury's, Tesco's, anywhere like that. You can't move for copies of Doctor Who magazine. Yeah. They've always got, I've never, I never go into a news agent or WH Smith and see there's just one left on the shelf or anything like that. There's always at least six or seven copies there. But for this, for some reason, I couldn't find this month's copy anywhere. I just couldn't find it. I went into my WH Smith's in town where I live, wasn't there. I normally pick it up in Sainsbury's if I'm going to get it, wasn't there. Had a trip to Tesco's because we needed a few bits. Wasn't in there. Anyways, I was in Liverpool at the weekend because me and the wife were doing a um, uh, 10k race up there. And on the way back, we knackered for like, right, we're going to stop and get a coffee. And I thought, oh, I'll just nip into this Smith's. Just a, It's a long shot because it's a service station on the motorway. It's not the sort of mm. place you'd expect to see it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, right in the corner, their little geek tech section of magazines there it is one copy ah, left wow one copy left how weird is that i just couldn't believe it <laughs> just waiting was... for you all that time yeah i saw sylvester's little face just popping <laughs> out of the shelf like gary i'm here <laughs> come and buy me i'm over here do it with the rolling our gary <laughs> i'm here <laughs> he was calling me he was mm. like i'm 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 just ready and i was like oh this is awesome and I must have looked like the happiest guy ever to pay for anything <laughs> at a service station. It was really weird. So I finally bagged that. And have I read it yet? Of course not. 
No, oh, no. <laughs> after Same all that, me actually. Yeah. <laughs> after all that fuss and trying to get it, I still haven't read it yet. Another time. You just but, wanted it. Yeah. Yes. Um, something else. Uh, one of the um, one of our followers, um, uh, really cool guy actually. Um, he has so many followers. You've probably seen a Twitter account called uh, the Twitter account is just called Classic Doctor Who, and the Twitter name is the Ark in Space. And he um, replies to us to say. Um, uh, thank you very much for the plug for Steve Camden's book. Remember last issue, last issue, last episode, we spoke about the two unofficial books that Steve Camden had wrote. Oh, yes, yes. You know, the Doctor's Effect and the Doctor's Effects. Um, and he basically clarified that these are not ebooks. Right. I did wonder because you said about the autograph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he said they are not ebooks, <laughs> but they are the original versions that have been all signed and now they're available via. Uh, 70.net or PayPal as we said ah right okay so just to clarify ignore what I said last week <laughs> they are not ebooks they are the proper printed paperbacks so yeah, thank you very I'm... much classic Doctor Who did, talking of replies did you get anything back from because I know you tweeted Doctor Who magazine to say how difficult it was to find the mag did you actually get any reply to them because it seems like a few people have had that issue this mm. month. Uh, I did not. Okay. I no just wonder because yet. It does seem to happen every now and again that, you know. I'm just wondering if, do you think some months they use a different delivery guy or something? Because uh, they have it sometimes with the specials where you just can't get it for love nor money. <laughs> and it's like, well, they're out there. And you're like, well, where? As the delivery driver just said, yeah, I'll do them for you. Just throw them in the bin, would you? <laughs> I just and he sat there with his feet up saying, yeah, yeah, I've delivered all that for you. And actually just throwing them all in the bin. Because it does happen now and again. So, I, mean, I don't know what the reason is for it. Or, or do you reckon the, the courier company is a massive Doctor Who fan? Oh, uh, and yeah. Like, I'm going to have them. I'll have them. Yeah. <laughs> Thousands <laughs> of copies of Sylvester's face on his wall. Yeah, I'll have all of them. Yeah, he just got overexcited. And he's just like, yes, I'm going to bag myself 30,000 copies of Doctor Who. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to do with them, but... They're Unless Sylvester's been going bound round buying them all, because he's so excited, he's on the front. He's like, "Oh, I must, I must get one for my friend Dolly." And I'm right. <laughs> oh, Bonnie will want one. Uh, Sophie, have you got one? No, you better have one. Yeah, you know. Sophie, she'll want one because she's in she'll... it as well, isn't she? She does a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it could be, it could be Sylvester. I have to ask him next time I see him. Yeah, put them spoons down, mate. What have you done with all the magazines? <laughs> what did I see him on recently with some giant spoons? Or was that a dream? I don't know. <laughs> he seems to have been getting around a lot lately. No, it wasn't a dream. That's right. He was at some convention last weekend, wasn't he? He was. Um, yep. Coventry. Coventry. What was it? Uh, I can't it, remember the name of it. Uh, it was, wasn't it just MCM at Coventry or something? Uh, no, it no. was a Doctor Who one, wasn't it? Yeah, completely forgotten the convention because I saw a few people we know went and uh, he was there, wasn't he? I think Davison might have been there. Was it the one you were looking at going at? Oh, hold on. Was it the Epsom at the Playhouse? Yes, that's the one. Playhouse, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that looked pretty cool, actually. Yes, that's what I was going to go to. I was going to go to that. Yeah. I ended up being away the weekend. Was Davison there? He was there. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Hold on. That's not the one that Silver was at. Oh, is it not? No. Yeah, so that one that you're thinking of, Playhouse one, that was Colin Baker, Davison, John Lees, and some other people. Yeah. Uh, the one that we're thinking of was the Coventry Comic Con that was on the weekend just gone. Oh, right. Yeah, and that was um, that had Sylvester there. 
Who else did it have there? A, a load of people there. So yeah, Sophie was there, wasn't she as well? You're right, it was Sophie the two of them. And someone else from who as well. But yeah, but they had some there's loads of photos coming out because Coventry is quite a small comic on really. You don't really hear much about mm. it. But it had a load of photos coming out of there on Twitter, which is good. It looked like a really good day actually. Yeah, I was gonna say I've just been seeing loads of um pictures of this last week of people from various events. So mm. yeah, it's quite cool. Mm. Good to see them out and about. Yeah. Yeah, Pratt Silva had a big table there of all his stacked up issues. He's like, I'll sign these. They're only 20 quid each. He's like, no, I'll just, I'll just get it for 4 99 <laughs> Yeah, I'll just go and get it from the news agents. And he's just rubbing his hands like, I don't think you will. <laughs> Not anymore, you won't. <laughs> but I suppose the moral of the story is just subscribe to the magazine. And like you, I get it folded up into several pieces and <laughs> yeah, shoved through the it. letterbox. There's it folded in half, shoved through the letterbox, or thrown over the wall, whichever, you know, depending on which postman you get. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yes. No, I, I do love, I always love it when it drops through letterbox, but yeah, I, it just comes in a bag, so be prepared. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't always arrive up. in mint <laughs> condition, I've got to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> mint condition. Thank you, Mr. Postman. Yeah. <laughs> what you want to do is look out for him. So when you see him come up the path, run down the stairs and actually open the door and take it off him. Yeah, so I would have a little um, security camera on the wall or something so I could see yeah. him coming. Here he's coming. <laughs> get, down, get down there. Put the post on the ground. Move <laughs> away slowly. <laughs> <laughs> you probably, I know what his reaction to that would be. He'd just go, yeah, what? <laughs> throw it over the wall. Throw it over there the you wall. Go. Yeah. yeah, here you are. <laughs> Bloody post, man. Yeah, I know. A uh, quick update on the writer's stuff that we advertised mm-hmm. for. Uh, so couple of weeks ago we opened up the uh the TARDIS exterior uh for you guys to come in and join the team we put out an advert asking for some writers and so on thank you so much to everybody that emailed in we got i think you all agree mate we got bags more it was great yeah we got loads than we expected Fantastic. so that was really good it was really good actually to, to read through them all as well because you guys put some great articles in and yeah samples off really really good however there could be only you know a couple of people that we would choose so i can't announce who they are at the moment because we're still finalizing a couple of people so we've we have definitely chose one person which is good and that person is raring to go and that's going to be good and we're just whittling down a, a few other people at the minute so we're not quite there but we will definitely be ready to announce next week's show who yeah they will be so um we can't accept any more applications, so that's all closed. But rest assured, next week you'll um, we'll announce who our two new team writers are, and can look forward to their articles, all of their reviews and thoughts and all that stuff. Yeah, I can't wait to see what what they're going to do. Actually, I'm really excited about this. It's going to be cool. It's going to be great. It is. So thank you so much. But uh, yeah, next week, next week you'll know who they are and you can extend your welcome to those guys and make them feel part of the part of the team yeah introduce them to Dalek Tat <laughs> <laughs> he can't wait to meet him yeah he's got a hidden agenda I reckon what, do you, what, what was he thinking well, I don't know he's been fiddling with that with his eye stalk a little bit he's, <laughs> he's tampering with with his internals because I've, I had to disable the laser gun the extermination thing <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise we just we went through like 15 pets in a week 
Yeah, that's right. We don't 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 any target practice for it. All I saw was like fried carcasses of gerbils and hamsters littered all over the place. What are you doing? Oh, answer, he doesn't. The only answer was exterminate. <laughs> well, I can't be having this. No way. No, no. So he's been fiddling away though. He's up to something for sure. Mm, yeah. Just better <laughs> let our new team be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Just tread carefully. We'll keep him on the leash. We'll chain him up. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, shall we land it and do the news? Yeah, we should. The only bit of news this week is we have a new Doctor Who game on the way. Mm from a company you probably know if you played um, you remember when there was a game called um is it Doctor Who Legacy Legacy it was an, yeah. a sort of mobile phone and iPad only sort of game that dropped a couple of years back I do remember that yeah yeah by a company called Tiny Rebel Games it was really popular for a while it's like um mm. it was like a turn in it's like a you took it in turns to kind of choose each character and then depending on their power they would launch attacks and it was like a turn-based mobile game it's pretty good actually it was i played it for a couple of months it was good um i think it's still going i, th- I think up until the last few months they were still releasing new character packs and so on but all oh, right um anyways those guys tiny rebel games a new game is on the way for 2018 called doctor who infinity hmm. and um just to give you a bit of spiel um, oh, this is officially licensed, by the way, because you do if you go on the App Store or on the Android Store. Oh, there's store, loads in there. Yeah. <laughs> there's quite a few dodgy, um, dodgy-looking third-party games. Yeah, um, which is some of them are a bit quirky and fun, I suppose. But they're not official anyway. But uh, these guys, Tiny Rebel, they do have the official license from Doctor Who, so everything you see is you know the correct music and logo and and all that jazz. So give you a bit of spiel on it. Um, uh, Susan Cummings, who works at Tiny Rebel Games, says she's the executive producer, by the way. Uh, she says it's been an incredible delight to put together an extraordinary talent people to realize our ambitions for this new game. Uh, she thinks Doctor Who fans everywhere are going to be amazed at how we have taken everything we've learned from uh, Doctor Who Legacy and brought it to the next level in every mm. way imaginable. So, based on the spiel and what people have said, I think it's going to be a similar type of game by the sounds of it. I don't think it's yeah, going to be... Yeah, it does an, sound like that, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be an all singing, dancing, AAA title that's going to be up there with like Call of Duty and <laughs> hmm. uh, and all that stuff. Um, but just a bit more, it just says, uh, Doctor Infinity builds on the addictive puzzle gameplay of Legacy to immerse players in a comic book style puzzle. Uh, each story-based adventure has its unique art style and author to bring these original stories to life. Tiny Rebel Games have recu- recruited an incredible team of major British Doctor Who writers and internationally renowned comic book artists to illustrate the stories. Now, if you look at some of the um, promo pics they've put out, most of it does look like a comic book anyway. Mm. So, yes, that is out in spring 2018. Apparently, it's available... Uh, not only on phones, but this time on computers as well. And it'll be out for iOS, Google, and on PC. 
Hmm. I guess the comic book side of it actually makes it sound more interesting to me. I don't know about you, but I quite I quite like the sound of that. It sounds just a little bit something a bit different. I think hmm. so. It'd be quite interesting to see. I I did play Legacy very very briefly. I mean, I'm I'm terrible at games. I love them. I love like downloading them, and then I I just have a very limited um, <laughs> what do you call it? A limited. Um, attention span so as soon as i get killed a couple of times i then give up and then never play them again so um but it does sound i don't like the sound of it i know a lot of people liked legacy didn't they so yes yeah it could be a good follow-up indeed yeah i'll give it a look when it comes out yeah so that's the only bit of news very light at the moment not much going on nah but we do have our metal friend lurking with his, his <laughs> she big blue eye stalk poking through the keyhole, so it's getting me. Match corner, match corner, match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Adam, Gary, do you prefer short trips or long trips? Oh, um, do you know, it's funny. I quite like the short trips, actually. Yeah. 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 Fans of Big Finish will know that alongside the main range and the usual box set affair that Big Finish mm. are famous for, they also do a range of stories called short trips. Yeah. Which are stories that are set within a, a particular doctor's time or era, but they're not performed in a kind of cinematic way, like the other big Finnish stories are. Basically, somebody who was normally involved with that era, it's normally a companion or somebody, uh, narrates a short story, as the name suggests, about that doctor and so on. And they've done loads of these. They've done what they've done, McCoy, McGann, Davison. Oh, they've done loads, uh, yeah. They've done quite they're, a few. Yeah. Yeah. And we have some new ones on the horizon, and they take the form of the 10th Doctor's era. Mm. And there are two that have been announced so far. Uh, one of them will be titled uh, The Siege of Big Ben. Ooh. Oh, and this is read by um, Camille Kaduri. Yes, I love her. Who is the very awesome Jackie Tyler. Jackie, yeah. And the blurb for this one is Jackie Tyler has everything she's ever wanted. Golly. A loving <laughs> husband, two children, and a vital role in the Earth Defense Organization headquartered in Big Ben. But now that the world is out of the shadow of the Cybus Organization, others have spotted an opportunity. A terrible, far-reaching plan is underway, and only Jackie and the new scientific advisor stand in the way. But the doctor Ooh. isn't the man he was. What does that mean? Dot, 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 ellipsis, Ooh. whatever. <laughs> uh, so that sounds quite fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming this is alternate universe, Jackie. Well, it, uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. I guess it must be then. Yeah. If she's married with two chiddlers. Yeah, it must be. I would say so. Mm. That sounds cool. And then the other story is, <laughs> I really don't know what to say to this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this one is called Flight into Hull. Hull. And for our international friends, Hull isn't like the hull of a ship. We have a town here, or a city it might be, called Hull. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's uh, 
fun, amazing place. Uh, anyway, um, this is also read by Camille Kajuri. And synopsis is thus. Jackie Tyler's lost a close friend. And this new doctor is only a half-hearted replacement for him. Mm. But as she tries to put the events of Big Ben behind her and take a well-earned break, others have spotted an opportunity. A well-intentioned, far-reaching plan is underway, but Jackie Tyler isn't the woman she was. Dot, dot, dot. Ellipsis. So this also, I think this is confirmation then that this is alternate universe stuff because it says the Doctor's half-hearted. So, Yeah, is that, is that, what do you call it, the one that he left on the beach? Yeah, so this is the whole, isn't this the whole Metacrisis Doctor thing? So yeah, uh, listeners who don't know what we're talking about um, most probably do. The, the end of series three? Is it Doomsday? Two, three. Um, it's the one where they get everybody together. Uh, so Captain Jack, uh, Donna, Rose, Mickey, everybody comes back um, to save the Earth. It's the one where they tow the Earth back from the Medusa something. What's it called? Oh, the, don't me- ask the Medusa me. something. Well, all the, the all the planets. So anyway, they tow the Earth back. And hold on, is that the right one? No, because Rose has come back from that in that point, hasn't she? Oh, this is the end of series two. So the end of series two, Rose slips into another dimension, an alternate no, no, universe. No. I think you were right the first time, and I was wrong. Oh, I was on. thinking, I was thinking Doomsday of Rose on the beach, but no, it's not. You're right. It's it's that one where he grows out of the hand, and oh, it, yeah. it is series three. I think yeah. three. our listeners will know. Our listeners will know. <laughs> they know what we mean. Yeah. So basically, um, the Doctor has this uh, reaction to the regeneration energy. Um, uh, the same, so the, the doctor regenerates from the spare hand that was lopped off. Um, and the, the doctor that regenerates as part of the meta crisis is half human. Is that right? He's only got one heart. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he ends up staying with Rose and Jackie in the alternate universe. So Rose chooses between, you know, he basically says, you know, he's just like me, you know, all that stuff. And they have a big kiss. And they stay there. So we're getting off track here, but I, I never like. Can I just say I never liked that that you, you storyline. No, oh. to that David Tennant. Yeah, I never <laughs> liked all that. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's not to detract from these. I mean, these might be quite interesting, but yeah, yes, I think the first one sounds a bit more. I don't know the siege of Big Ben and then flight into Hull. I'm not sure. The covers are a bit weird, anyway, because the the cover for the Big Ben story has got the alternate doctor and Jackie in very familiar pose. Uh, but the other one, Jackie looks very different. So I'm assuming that something's happened to her in the previous story. Yeah. Cause I must admit before I read the synopsis, I was assuming one was going to be like, you know, normal universe and one, the alternative universe because of the way she looked on the cover. But um, I think I might've got that wrong. Now we've looked into it a bit, but they're both written by jo- Joseph Lister and he's normally pretty good. So yeah, they're, they're probably worth a listen. I would yeah. say. Because I, I like um, Camille as well. I just think she's really, she's kind of made for audio. She's such a bubbly mm. personality, isn't she? They're, they're, they're bound to be a good listen anyway. Yeah. So there we go. Two new short trips. And these are available in November, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Right. Gary, if I said the name Olive Hawthorne, <laughs> what would you think of? Olive Hawthorne. 
Yeah. The old spinster. Yeah. I'm thinking quaint little English village. Yeah, you'd be right. Yeah. And she's been <laughs> she's been there defending it for quite a while apparently cuz um there's a new book coming out. Well, actually there's a there's a DVD coming out um which has been in the pipeline for ages. I think it was oh. it was um I don't know, it was an old video that they wanted to put onto DVD and it's finally coming out. I don't know what it's called. Something about Daemons of Devils. The, I don't know. The Daemons of Devil's End. A Devil's End. So that's yeah. is it the same name as the book? I yes, suppose it would it be. Yeah. Yeah. So to my surprise, so they're, they're releasing this DVD, but but they're also releasing a book um, of the same story, which is actually quite cool because um, there's going to be an alternative cover for this, which looks very much like the old Target books in this style, and I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, yeah. So there's this new story or old story, however you want to look at it, uh, which is basically going back to. Um, Devil's End, uh, as featured in the Third Doctor story, The Daemons. Um, and one of the characters in that story was uh, Olive Hawthorne. And uh, it seems that she's been looking after things after the Doctor left. <laughs> so uh, after they finished having their pint and unit left the village, it seems like she was there protecting it all. And this is the story about her um, and what she did, to, you know, to defend um, devil's end so it sounds like quite a good good book and there's going to be a signing for this going to be a couple of signings but there's going to be one at forbidden planet um there's going to be quite a few people there as well i'm just going to click on the link and see loads yeah so sounds loads isn't there raven dane david howe debbie bennett and Susie babiri yeah who all star in this i assume or have had a, had a hand in writing it or whatever Mm. And it's that's happening on Friday the tenth of November at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Forbidden Planet London, that is. So, yeah, if you're in the area, that would be a good thing to get along with. I mean, I, when does the DVD come out though? Because I love the sound of this book. I think that's really cool. But I'd quite like to get both. I'd like to get like the the DVD and the book. But I'm not sure when the DVD is coming out. Presumably quite soon as well. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna have a look at my good friends Galaxy Four. They're always good. Let's see, because they'll have it on there. Because, um, as I said, for some reason, this has been put back for quite some time, uh, this release yeah. date. I, think, I don't know if it's due to clearance rights or or what. I don't know. But she was a cool character in that day. I mean, she does stand out in my mind. I mean, just seeing the the cover of um, of this as well, you know, mm. and she's wrapped up in her cloak. And, uh, yeah, she was a good character. So I can imagine her carrying her own storyline, if you like. Yeah. yeah. It's out in mid-November, the DVD. Oh, excellent. Okay. Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, the Demons of Devil's End. Good title as well, isn't it? Mm, looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it does look good. And lastly, for merch, uh, those of you that did not pick up the single um part one and part two box sets of series ten will be pleased to know that the complete series ten uh box sets will be available again on the thirteenth of November. Oh. So only a little bit of a a, a wait is uh, upon us for that one. Uh, there's no cover yet, so the if you're listening to this podcast on launch day, which is the seventh of October, is it the seventh? Yeah, seventh. Yeah, fifth, sixth, no, sixth, sixth. <laughs> oh crikey! If you're listening to this on launch day, which is the sixth of October, then uh, you should be seeing whatever cover they've decided to to use for this today mm. um, and it's going to be priced at 35.99 i'm assuming that's the blu-ray box set at that price normally the dvd is a bit cheaper isn't it 
Yeah, it's normally, normally. $29.99, I think, for the, the DVD. Uh, but that's cool, though, because I didn't pick up the first two, uh, part one and part two Blu-rays. So I normally wait for the complete one. Um, so, yeah. What do you reckon on price? A lot of people, loads of people have kicked off about the price. I think it's... Well, saying an, it's too much. Yeah, I think for an entire series, it's uh, it's not too yeah, bad. But I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, also, don't forget, they always, whenever they release these things, they never come out with the full retail recommended retail price in fact it's always a bit of a joke really isn't it it's like you know recommended retail price 36 pounds but get it today for like 29.99 you like, why don't you just say it's 29.99 so i don't know very rarely do you end up paying full price for these these things um i don't think it's too bad for a box set i mean nah. it's quite a few discs in it four and you've got another disc of extras five um presumably you'll get mysterio in there but you know don't let that you off but, <laughs> but you won't get um you obviously won't get the the new christmas special because it's not out yet so um i think that's the thing most people would have wanted though i have to be honest i think a lot of people would have just preferred if you know if they'd have just waited i think people would have been because there's parts one and two out there if you're desperate for it i think a lot of people would have been quite happy to have waited till after christmas to get the complete capaldi era nicely wrapped up in one big box but yeah so to me this still feels a little bit um, a little bit bitty because you're sort of you're going to get series 10 you're going to get last year's christmas special and then next year you'll get a, a standalone release for twice upon a time so it still doesn't feel like a nice complete box set to me but but uh, but there we go that's what they're doing so lauren to himself the bbc exactly well we've waited yeah. over two years for the series nine box uh soundtrack that hasn't materialized yet so no. <laughs> i'm sure we can wait a few months a few months more for the they would have been nice to pop the christmas special there but you know that's the bbc sometimes you've got to yeah. as a doctor who fan you've just got to accept that that the bbc as a sometimes is a bit of a, a cash cow mm. you know they they will do this sort of thing so I'm, I'm guessing that the christmas special will be available to buy a few months after Christmas as a separate purchase, and that'll be another 20 quid or whatever. So I hope they do. Um, it'd be nice if they tied in a series nine and 10 soundtrack or something mm. with the release. I mean, to, to, it does feel, it is a shame having that gap because we've had soundtracks for every year pretty much, haven't mm. we? So I know they like put series one and two together, but, um, but yeah, we've had soundtracks for every other series and don't know. It does feel a shame that we didn't get, nine and ten and there was some great music in series 10 actually really liked Murray's stuff in 10 it sounded like he was trying to experiment a bit more didn't it mm-hmm. um so it'd be nice if they did a time release it's bizarre actually because um blair mowett the guy who did the uh, music for class um announced on twitter the other day that they're going to be releasing a class soundtrack <laughs> and people were like well that's all well and good and as much as I didn't like class, I did like his music. Um, but where's the series nine soundtrack? It seems really strange that they're releasing a class soundtrack before series nine and tens come out. So I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, maybe things are in progress. We don't know. Hopefully. Maybe. Maybe. Yes. So that's news and merch. Sound times ahead. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Not not liking this. No. I don't like the fact that we've run out of Eccleston episodes to now review. It feels like the end of a, a chapter, <laughs> an era. 
it was always going to come though, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. it's, it's just, you know, he only did that one series. So yeah, it had to happen. We have a, we have a finite amount of episodes, but there we go. So anyways, Adam. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> what are we going to review this week? So it's the final, final, final of the final <laughs> of the final Ninth Doctor episode. Um, and it's, of course, the Pine of the Ways. Blythe Droog. What's it mean? Bad Wolf. But I've heard that before. Bad Wolf. I've heard that lots of times. The things you've seen. The darkness. The big Bad Wolf. Attention all personnel. Bad Wolf 1 descending. Everywhere we go, two words following us. My masters, they fear the doctor. Tell me, who are they? They were destroyed. Obviously, they survived. We have your associate. You will obey or she will be exterminated. Rose? Yes, doctor? I'm coming to get you. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. We are at war. There's an army about to invade this station. TARDIS detected. Missiles, you can't! The TARDIS hasn't got any defences, you're gonna kill him! You can't predict it correctly! How did you survive the time war? They survived through me! I'm dead or about to die any second with no chance of escape. Wowzers. Go. This is how you do a final. This it's all is- going on in there, isn't it? This is how you do a series finale. Mm. The Parting of the Ways came firing onto our screens on the 18th of June 2005. It was written by Russell T. Davies and directed by Joe Ahern, who directed the uh, previous episode, Bad Wolf, as well. And it stars the usual suspects from the previous one. The Doctor and Rose, Captain Jack... And obviously, Mr. Tennant's right at the end. Yeah, it's weird. I always forget he's in it. It might sound strange. Yeah. Uh, so, The Parting of the Ways, what do you reckon, buddy? I, mate, I, I can't rate this story high. Enough. I just absolutely adore it. I have loved it since the moment I very first saw it, when it was first shown. Um, I, it blew me away. It literally blew me away. I, I just remember sitting gobsmacked how good it was um, the first time round, And I have watched it many times since. And I watched it again yesterday. I always watch it before we review because, you know, you're a little bit more critical when you when we're watching for the podcast. You're looking for things to, you know, to give a balanced review on it. Um, and I just I just sat there. And I just thought I, this is a this is a great episode, a great piece of television, great performances. Um, and it's one of those episodes that has not just one or two moments, but three or four moments that just reduced me to rubble <laughs> in the terms of the writing is so moving um, and so brilliant. And uh, I, I just, I love this episode. I just absolutely love it. I I can't really, I'm not going to find hardly anything to fault with it because I just think it's a brilliant finale. Uh, I mean, there are a few little nitpicks. You know, nothing is, is perfect, but, but uh, as finals go, I think... Russell really pulled it out the bag with this one. It, it just, it's on fire. I, I love it. And it's a great conclusion to Bad Wolf as well. It's not like some finales, which are, will remain nameless, where you get a good first part <laughs> and then the second part just kind of 
undoes all the goodness and falls flat. This one for me just ramps it up another level and it was already on a, on a roll. So it just ramps it up another level and takes it all the way home. I think it's a great, great episode. What about you? Yep. I have to concur with you on this, mate. Yeah. It's, uh, it's potentially one of the best, uh, well, it's certainly one of the best finales that we've had since 2005. Yeah. It's one of the best uh, performances from an actor. And it's one of the best. Uh, yeah, it's just, like you said, it's just great television, even if you're not a mm. Doctor Who fan, but you enjoy sci-fi and that sort of genre. It's it, it's a fantastic watch. It really is. Um, and it's just, it's a, just a bit of a roller coaster. Because like yeah. you said, uh, Bad Wolf was already, you know, already gave you a solid episode, really mm. enjoyable set up to the finale. Uh, and then this one just takes it up another gear. It's like, how can they keep, because you, like you said, at the end of Bad Wolf, you think, well, crikey, that was a really good watch. Mm. But then in this one, right from the off, it's, it just goes up another gear and then halfway through it's another gear. And then by the end of it, you're just exhausted because it's been a bit of a roller coaster. So there's been a bit of, there's a bit of humor in there. There's obviously some sadness in there. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's just Russell's, it's episodes like this that just show off his genius uh, as a television writer. They re it really does. Because it, it manages to balance everything in there perfectly. So you've got action, you've got slower moments of, you know, where the Doctor can kind of see the end coming. Mm. There's sort of moments within it where he can kind of see what's going to happen. And then it ultimately, you know, it does because he locks TARDIS and he locks Rose in the TARDIS and, you know, sends her off to safety. Yeah. And then we have a bit of a comeback and we think, no, he's going to be all right. And then, you know, there's some humor again with Captain Jack, but then he's takes up the sort of Rambo <laughs> uh, thing, but then he dies. And then, you know, it's just, it, it just balances all the all the elements really nicely, and at the end, it sort of slows down into this lovely exit. Um, it's a lovely exit, actually. Mm. It is, and it, and it, it's not predictable either. Like you know, you think the story's going one way, and then they it flips on its head, and you know, it, it's constantly moving and evolving. This story, mm. like it does, keep you engaged. I think all the way through. Like you know, even though I've seen it goodness knows how many times so i just i never get bored of watching this story i like literally can just sit there from beginning to end and i'm just completely satisfied with with everything that's going on you know it's, mm. it's like i said you know you sort of like the dalek saying you know he won't use it because uh, he hasn't told you yet but you know if he does use it uh, he can't distinguish between dalek and human so he's never going to use it and you're like oh okay where did that come from you know there's all these little things and you're sort of thinking well Will he use it? Won't he? It, it's just brilliant, brilliant storytelling. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's really engaging. It is, really. And it, there's not one point throughout the entire story where you reach for your phone or no. anything like that. You just glue to it. It's awesome. And we also get a, a slightly different Dalek threat as well. So it's not just mm. a, a fleet of, you know, run-of-the-mill Daleks who are, you know, who, who want to take over and destroy the Earth. We have this um, Emperor Dalek who sort of provides a bit more of an intelligent uh, battle plan for the Daleks, if you like. You know, he kind of, he's, he 
try to sort of outwit the doctor and call his bluff and you know he's a bit more of a yeah he's a bit cocky a capable <laughs> fellow compared mm. to the uh the standard dalek so that's cool I, lo- I love the emperor dalek actually it's weird because um i remember like the first time it was shown and you get you get to hear the voice at the very end of the trailer for bad on uh, a uh, bad wolf and i remember thinking oh i wonder if that's dan frost because they're like just an auto- automatically assumed, you know, they survive through me. I was like, oh, could it be Davros? So, but obviously we get the reveal that it's the Emperor Dalek. And um, not only do I love the design, mm. I just, like you said, I love the fact that actually, although he's quite balmy because he thinks he's like the creator and all that, he's quite switched on and he's a real good match for Eccleston's uh-huh. Doctor, isn't it? Like there's yeah. some good dialogue between the two of them where you're like, you know, that, that really works well, I think. <laughs> but he, he looks great as well. I love the Emperor Dalek. He looks awesome, yeah. Really it's cool. a slight throwback to um, Evil of the Daleks, isn't it? Mm. A little bit. I, lo- I like that. They've sort of tweaked the design and mm-hmm. you know made it modern. And yeah, it's really really nice. His voice is really cool as well. Good, isn't it? Yeah, it's like this big thundering deep. deep I assume voice. that's Briggsy, is it? It's Briggs again. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it's, it's just a different modulator and tone. Yeah, tone, no, it's yeah. good. Yeah, very very good though. Mm. What do you think to the overall story and how this? all sort of aligns as a two-parter and the direction and stuff like that. Do you think it, cause it's very, it's seamless with the previous one because it's the same it director it, and it's all filmed in the yeah. same block. It, it, it's very seam. I, I could actually watch these two without any separation. I think, I think it'd be great to watch these without any ending credits of bad wolf and the starting bit in. Yeah. yeah I could, I could, I could, I'd happily sit and watch these back to back. Yeah, and I'd, I'd forgotten actually how much um, other bits of Series 1 just come into play as well. I love the, the, the these little sort of bits that Russell's dropped in throughout Series 1 all mm-hmm. come together so brilliantly in this story. Like, there's little bits I'd forgotten about, like when Rose is talking to Jackie in the TARDIS and uh, and that's a scene I love because Jackie is so the mum in that scene. Like, you know, Rose is trying to tell her that um, dad wouldn't give up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, we'll never know, will we? And yes, he would have done. And she's trying to sort of fob Rose off. <laughs> and then Rose reveals, well, I, he wouldn't because I've met him. And Jackie's face drops. And it just, you yeah. know, and then that ties in the whole Father's Day storyline. Just just that one little tiny little scene. I thought, oh, this is brilliant. This mm-hmm. is just bringing everything together. So it's bringing the long game together. It's bringing the bad wolf thing together. It, you know, it's just it's just so well thought out. I mean, I don't know if Russell, you know, sat there and plotted it, you know, so perfectly. But it, everything just falls into place like a, you know, a perfect jigsaw. All these lovely <laughs> little moments, you know, and you think, all these little heart bats to little bits in the other episode. It's, you know, I, that's what I loved about it. And I've forgotten about little bits like that. You yeah, know, it's amazing. About, about Father's Day and stuff. I was like, oh yeah, of course, yeah. So. I, I imagine that when Russell T. Davis does a jigsaw puzzle, <laughs> he just throws all the pieces up in the air. Yeah. And they land on the table perfectly done. Perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right though. He, I'm not sure if he sat down at the beginning with Julie Gardner and some other people and said, look, this is the series from start to finish. And this is the story arc. And we're going to just throw little nuggets here and there. And it's all going to tie up nicely mm. in part and other ways. Or like you said, if he just was writing it and thought, oh, hold on, maybe I could link this back. So I don't know, but he's just genius. It's just, I think, and I think I've heard Russell say this in an interview somewhere, but I think even he said, he's just amazed without sounding big headed, how much they got right. 
mm. in series one because they didn't really have a clue what they were doing. I think he he said something along those lines. That's right. And yeah. I always think that. I just think series one stands up so well <laughs> and it's incredible because, yeah, you know, they were really sort of going in blind, having to try things. Does this work? Does that work? And it is amazing how much they got right. Um, and like you said, it is brilliant how everything just seems to just fit so well in this in this finale in terms of the whole series so hmm. yeah yeah it's good in terms of direction and editing and stuff i'm gonna say mm. very little about it not in a bad way because i think mm. um it's just bang on and follows on because it's all done in the same time as bad wolf it's all the, exactly the same and and that's a great thing because if they'd mm. have changed directors or changed something between the two between filming these things it would have been a little bit sort of disjointed but everything just follows on beautifully from one another so all the sets are identical the it's lit exactly the same mm. you know everything's just bang on and it, it would have been a really cool little standalone film almost um so yeah so direction and editing for me are just really just bang on just like last week it's funny you say about that being a film because you know like when you're a Doctor Who fan and you watch these episodes and funny little silly thoughts go through your head and I was sat there thinking the same thinking oh, I'd love it if they like put these two together and repeated them because I just think it stands up so well and I, I can just you know to fill in the gap between because we've got such a long wait till series 11 mm -hmm. I was thinking back to the good old days you know when the BBC used to put on repeats of Doctor Who to <laughs> fill in the gaps you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. and I was thinking oh, it'd be really great if they repeated this because I think um I think, you know, like you said, if you were just, you know, if you had friends around or whatever and they just happened to be sort of just casually watching Doctor Who or whatever and then and that, and that was on, I think it would still grip you. Like you said, even if you're not a big Doctor Who fan, you'd be quite like, oh, what's going on here then? Hmm. You know, it's it's just, it's got enough in it to, to draw you in, I think, even if you're not like a massive fan. But then on the other hand, it's got loads in it if you are. You know, all those lovely little bits that you can sort of pick up on as a Doctor Who fan. Um, but just going back to the direction, mate, I, th I think it's really well done. There's a scene that whenever anybody mentions this episode, I always think of straight away. I don't know why, but it stays with me. And it is the scene... And this and this sort of ties in with the direction because I just think it's such a simple idea, but the way it's done is is, is amazing. Um, it is is the bit where poor old Linda with a Y gets shot through the glass oh, yeah. is an incredible scene, and it's the first thing that comes to my head when anyone talks about this because it's it's just so it's the fact they do the exterminate in silence. Mm -hmm. And I just thought I I just you know it's such a great idea and so. Um, you know, so shocking and, and it's just so memorable as well because it's weird because it just goes to show that the Daleks are so embedded in our minds that we know exactly what they're saying. They don't even need to say it. It's just the lights exterminate. And then, oh, that scene though, it's just brilliant, isn't it? And you just, it's just heartbreaking as well. It's horrible, that scene, because... It's, na it's nasty, but it's, oh, but it's just so well done. And it's... Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just incredible, I think. Yeah, because initially you think that the Doctor's going to save her because, because she's trapped behind this huge thick wall or door. Yeah. And the Daleks get out their little welding blowtorch thing. thing. Yeah. And they start going through the door. You think, well, it's going to take them bloody ages. By the time they've done that, you know, mm. the Doctor's going to have been in there and saved her and... Well, he's quite sure of it, isn't he? He's like, yeah. oh, well, no, you're, you're fine. Don't panic. You're fine. Some, was he say, didn't get through those doors or something? Yeah, yeah it's designed to stop meteors and stuff, so you're perfectly yeah. safe. And then we think, oh, that's cool then. You know, she just needs to 
wait that bit out because it's going to take them forever to get through the door. Mm. But then in a split second, she, you see the dread in her face as she turns around and you see, oh, it's, it's heartbreaking. Well, you see, this is why people say the Daleks are scary in this story because they really are. Like scenes like that, they are so, I don't know if you sort of thought this as well, but in all the scenes when they're being deadly, they are so slow and calculating and there's like, you know, they're not rushing around shooting people. They're just slowly gliding Mm -hmm. and just being menacing and just terrifying because they just seem unstoppable. Um, and that scene in particular where they rise up and shoot Paul Linda through the glass and, and the scene of um, them coming around the corner, you know, and before they shoot Captain Jack and, you know, it, it, they are so menacingly and brilliantly, you know, done in this story and, and the previous one, but obviously more this one because they're in it more. But they, they, they are. They're really frightening, I think, in this story, thanks to scenes like that. And, you know, down to the direction, the way they're written, mm-hmm. you know. They've got this force field that stops bullets, which, you know, could have been, if done a different way, could have been a bit tacky, but it, I think it works brilliantly. Um, you know, and when they're shooting people, we get the skeleton effect, which we saw in um, Remembrance, didn't we? So that's a nice throwback and stuff like that. Yeah, the, da- the Daleks are, are are just awesome in this story, I think. They are, because they... They're on mass... Effect, uh, mass attack as well as thousands of them yeah and the ones that we do see they don't hold back at all we hear no. we hear the words exterminate a lot in this yeah in this episode and it's great because some episodes with the daleks they can feel a little bit like the threat has already passed before they've even done anything you just think yeah oh, here we go but for this one no they don't hold back they start exterminating people left right and center and mm. like you said poor linda with a y and she's gone and and they almost get the doctor as well. They almost yeah, get true. Him. Yeah, there's a lot of killing. There is a lot of death in this, actually. One thing I did note, you know, when I was watching this yesterday, there is a lot of death going on in this. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's quite bleak, like you said. It's, it's, um, but it's not too much. It's not, it's not depressing death in heaven bleak. Oh no, where you no. just want to just, you know, switch it off. It, there's enough other lovely little moments in it to, 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 you know, to compensate for all the bleak mm-hmm. death in in this story. But yeah, if you actually sort of sit there and watch it, a lot of people, because I, I remember thinking sort of about half half an hour in. You know, this is this all feels like there's no way out. This is really good stuff. You know what I mean? Like even I, even though I know that the doctor's going to save the day somehow or something's going to happen, you know, it feels like everything's going wrong. Like even Captain Jack's just got exterminated. You know, this yeah. is just not going well. And now the doctor's saying he's um, uh, what's he say? Uh, mice, coward over killer, killer or coward. And he's like, coward every day. And you're thinking, oh God, no. Even the doctor's like, can't do it. And it's yeah. like, so how's this gonna? you know, how's this going to end? It's, uh, you know, it's, it's just so compelling. Yeah. And then the moth went and screwed that up, didn't he? Uh, what? Never cowardly. Never. What is it? Uh, the moth wrote for yeah. him. Oh, for the know. doctor. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, um, <laughs> the thing I liked about this story as well was that it always brought you to the edge of, Oh crap. Mm, so yeah. we have the, in Pete, the sort of imminent Dalek threat, they're going to invade the station. You think, oh, crikey, they haven't got the weapons to deal with them. So what? how's that going to work? Um, and then Captain Jack gets killed. He's like, oh, no. And then yeah. Rose gets sent off back to Earth, and she can't control the TARDIS, doesn't know what to do. So you think, oh, crap, what's she going to do? The Doctor's clearly 
in a moral dilemma and he's not going to blow everybody up because we know he's not going to. So you mm. think, oh crap, how's he going to sort this out? So I like that at various points within the story, it brings you crashing down like, oh, this is going to end badly or you know, how's yeah. he going to sort it out? But then it just sort of happens and, but not in a tacky, cheesy way. It's sort of, no, it's you know, not an easy resolve, is it? It's not a re- it's not a um, rewrite. Uh, what do you call it? It's not a a reset button, um, particularly. Not really, uh, but no. Um, but it's good though as well because, like you said, there's some death in it. So the two guys, the guy what and the woman. What happens to our little mate Roderick? Sorry. What happens to our little mate Roderick? Roderick. Because I remember it was laughing at the scene where he's going on about his money. Yeah. <laughs> I won <laughs> the game. Oh, I won the game. Well, he gets yeah. exterminated with all the other people on that floor, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But then we have the other, the controller people as well. They sort of finally tell each other how they sort of feel. She does it with a little cheeky wink. And, oh, that's right. And then yeah, they yeah. get killed and you think, oh, no. Yeah. Mm. So it's all these points in the story where you think, oh, this is going so badly. How is this going to be sorted out? But then in true sort of Doctor Who fashion, it's it's emotionally tied up. Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, you're saying about the, because obviously you've got loads of action going on in this. You've got some lovely quiet moments. And mm. one of the scenes I absolutely love, and God, I ne- oh, just could watch it over and over again, is when, so it starts with the Doctor saying to Billy, you know, we could, there is another option. We could just, we could just leave. You just get out of it if you want. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, we can't do that. He's like, no, you didn't. You never even thought of it, did you? And that's lovely. Mm-hmm. That just shows that, Ro- you know, Rose might be a bit bratty and she gets a little bit um, uh, jealous in this one. We start to see that side of Rose. But it does go to show that she's a decent companion that would never just, you know, she doesn't even think of suggesting leaving. But the scene I absolutely love is, of course, the bit when he realizes he's got a saver mm-hmm. and he says to her, quick, get in there and do this. I've, I've worked it all out. And then mm-hmm. he just, it's Chris again, just being absolutely phenomenal when he just like shuts her in the target because he comes running out as if he's doing it all. And then he just stops Dunny and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, Sonic, door's shut, Rose is gone. And then we get the bit that makes me ball my eyes out every single time, <laughs> which is the um, the hologram scene. Oh, I just God. think it's yeah. phenomenal. It's because it's he does that. Look, it's because he turns and looks at her at the end and does the whole have a good life. And it's j- that whole five minutes of television. I could just watch it. I love it. I just, I just, I sit there and I'm emotional and I'm, you know, just taking it all in. And it's brilliant. You know, just the fact that he you know, sends her back and then, just when you think it can't get any better, Jack comes on and is like, <laughs> you saved her, didn't you? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, of course she did. <laughs> you know, and then, so you get that brilliant sort of companionship of the Doctor and Jack again. It's, I, I tell you, it just, it just gets better and better. Yeah. It's just, but that's such a good scene, isn't it, mate, when he sends her back. Oh, it's an amazing scene. Yeah. And, and that's why we say all the time that Russell is one of the best character writers mm. in television because with with the moth, and I don't mean to con- con, you know compare and, and and bash the moth too much, but with the moth, it feels like everything has to be set up into a big scene for it to work. You mm-hmm. know, it seems like we have to build up to a big emotional scene, and then it's very wooden and doesn't you know doesn't leave. I mean, there are some scenes over the moth era that you know put on the heartstrings a little bit, but for some reason, Russell just seems to do it effortless. You know, it just there's no effort required. Just yeah. in the middle of an episode, out of nowhere, you, you get the lump in your throat, and you're like, "Oh, this is 
I can't handle this. It's just too emotional. And, and it still does it to me. Every even time. Even now. Yeah. I've watched it so many times. Even yesterday, watching it again and getting a little bit like snivelly because it's just so moving. It you is. Know? Yeah. And it's Murray's music as well. I've got to give credit. Murray's music just just drifts in perfectly in mm. these lovely little scenes and just, you know, just to finish you off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's so um so so well done. It, it's yeah, it's brilliant. And obviously that takes her back to Jackie because so then we get a nice bit of humor with her getting the big lorry out. So that's what I mean. You go from like being an emotional wreck to Jackie in a great big truck. <laughs> and, you know, it's 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 just one brilliant thing after another. It's superb, mate. And that scene yeah. in the TARDIS where, because Chris Eccleston is just, uh, I can't say, it, he's perfect in this. He, he is. He's absolutely brilliant in it. He, and I kept thinking all the way through, what was he thinking? Was he thinking... I'm leaving. Was he thinking, uh, you know, what was going through his head when he was filming mm. this? Because, you know, it, it, I assume, well, he must have decided by this point he was gone, because like, obviously he regenerates at the end. But, you know, I just kept thinking all the way through. He's so on fire. He seems to be so, like, a part of what's going on. What was going on in his head? Was he just sort of thinking, oh, I'll be done, you know, this is my final. I don't know. I just can't get my head around what was what he was thinking. It's yeah. weird, isn't it? Because there's lot, mm-hmm. there were lots and lots of rumours and articles in the press for for weeks and weeks leading up to it about yeah. his going and, and all that stuff. But you do wonder what's going through his mind at the time because, I mean, it, he, he's, so, he's so strong in this. Mm. It doesn't feel like he's on the way out. Not at all. Throughout the entire yeah. episode. It's not until the final, even that scene in the TARDIS you just described where, you know, his holographic self is talking to Rose. Mm. Even then, you don't think he's on the way out because he's just rolling with it. Because you know, in let's say, like so, in Matt Smith's final episode, you do get the feeling that Matt Smith was absolutely just terribly upset to be going. Yeah, you could see that in his performance, mm. um, and in especially in David Tennant's last in in David Tennant's last sort of twenty minutes on screen, you can tell that you know it, he just it's destroying him inside leaving mm. that role and you can tell that but it, you don't see that with Chris in this it's not until that very final couple of minutes where he's where he's on the TARDIS and he's and he's and he's saying to Rose about imagine me with no Ed yeah and even if he, he's trying to be funny he's trying to cover over the the emotion and it's only those last couple of minutes when he's like that you kind of feel like oh you know he's he looks like he's feeling it a little bit but mm. everything previous to that, he doesn't look like he's a, a guy that's on the way out. He's sorry to be going. He's just got his game face on. He's on fire. And he's just so strong throughout the entire episode. It's yeah, incredible. he seems to be running on. Yeah, I was going to say, he seems to be right right at the top of his game, doesn't he? he like you said, he's not, he just, I mean, but that's, I mean, that makes it even more, uh, you know, the way he goes even better, I think. Because it's just that, you know, I love the bit when he just looks down at his hand and sees the little glow um, and I, again, going back to when I very first watched this, I was amazed, um, when he regenerated, I, I remember being absolutely open mouth because there'd been all these rumors, you know, obviously we knew, I think they announced that Chris was leaving the week after his first story, didn't they? It was yeah. really early on. Yeah. So we kind of knew that he was leaving, but you know, we didn't really know much more than that. And I was thinking, okay, so yeah, they'll probably they'll just fly off the entire. So when when you start to get this inkling that 
there's going to be a regeneration at the end of the first series. I remember being think, you know, sat there. I, I can see myself in my bedroom as well, just being like, oh, we're not actually going to get a regeneration, are we? Oh my god, you mm. know, because you could sort of see it coming, and then it just it becomes clear that you know, I was thinking, oh my god, we're actually going to get a new doctor. I can't believe this is happening. And then, yeah, obviously David Tennant comes on screen for for like five seconds or whatever but that was i tell you mate that was quite something to you know as a doctor who fan to witness back in the day i was i was just gobsmacked you know it actually was going to happen because hmm. uh, because uh, you know because of all the rumors and stuff you sort of think well yeah well they'll probably sort it out in series two or whatever but <laughs> to get it at the end of series one it's it's you, do, you don't see it coming at all you can't tell it from chris's performance he's absolutely amazing right up to his very last sentence you know like when he's shouting go away and you know and stuff he's yeah and it's so sad to see him go as well he's talking about all the things you know he had so many great plans and all that and it's you know it's so heartfelt it is isn't it and i don't do you know what i think that's the one thing that i think non-doctor who fans don't realize about the show it's Mm. just how emotional it can be at times i think for people that not necessarily don't like Doctor Who, but they just don't have any interest in it. And that's fair enough. You know, they just, they feel it's not their cup of tea. They probably just see it as a typical sci-fi show. Like a, a yeah, typical they British They just sci-fi. think of it as Daleks and that's all there is. And yeah, yeah, it's all kind of technical mumbo jumbo and time travel. And it's all very, you know, uh, just, you know, just typical sci-fi stuff. But I think if somebody who wasn't had no interest at all in Doctor Who sat down and watched this, I, I reckon at the end they would probably be like, wow, I never would have expected to feel that Yeah, in, in, yeah. in something like this. So, And that is down to Chris, absolutely, 100%. Because I know that Rose plays a, f- a fairly big part. She has some emotional scenes. Mm. Um, but like when David Tennant left he was really upset in his regeneration, wasn't he? Like the whole, yeah. you know, going off to see his past companions and so on. Uh, and, you know, and his face, you know, that bit where the Ood is sort of singing him back to the TARDIS because he's regenerating mm. and he's collapsing. You can see his face is about to go yeah. every few seconds. And then when he's in the TARDIS, obviously, the, I don't want to go. You know, it's just incredibly sad and upset. And, and, and that obviously gets you. But there's something about chris's regeneration that just is just equally as powerful because he's he's trying to cover it up as as much as he can he doesn't want to go out crying and upset he wants to almost be funny man till the end he wants to yeah. be you know and i just can't get over how he would have done that without collapsing into tears because i would have been a mess mm. <laughs> I, literally, I don't know yeah but it's weird, actually, and it's, it's strange. This has only really just occurred to me. But, um, yeah, I suppose with all the other generations we've known so far in advance, they were leaving, and there's all the big build-up to it. And I suppose that's quite unique with the Ninth Doctor, or, or certainly if you, you know, for the time, is that there was none of that. So I think it was so great to have this surprise sort of regeneration at the end. And that's probably something we won't get again, because, you know, every, I mean, it's a bit like Jodie, isn't it? She's been announced so far in advance. And, you know, that's how it is nowadays. You know, we get shows announced in the new Doctor and, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's uh, things have moved on and they, they, they'll never go back to being like that, I don't yeah. think. So that makes Chris's regeneration, I think, quite, quite unique because it, people might have suspected it, but to, to throw David Tennant in at the end like that was, uh, was quite something. I think, um, they, they did film an alternative ending I've read, which I've never seen. 
I mean, I wish it was, you know, I wish it had come out by now. Because um, as far as I know, it's not out there anywhere, is it? It's What's not that? on the DVD. They, they did film an original ending for, I think it was for the press screening or in case, well, I don't know, but where basically the um, the TARDIS scans Rose and detects that she's dying and obviously Chris doesn't regenerate and it's all, well, that's how it ends. On the oh, so yeah. Yeah, so I, I would love to see that alternative mm. ending just to see how they might have you know, ended it. But, um, but obviously I can't picture it any other way now than with, with Chris going. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool to see, but yeah, we can't yeah. have it any other way No. now. So I, I think, yeah, just, you know, it just caps off a real unique series of Doctor Who with, with Chris. Absolutely. It, you know, it's, yeah. it's one of those, it's one of those episodes and it also reflects across the whole series as well. Just how good that series one was. Yeah, you know, that I think we've said this a couple of times that they that could have gone horribly wrong. That first yeah. series of who couldn't it? And I and I know apart from perhaps the long game that I never get really bored of watching. It. I mean, even the long game, I can quite happily sit and watch it, but it does engross me like the rest of series one. Like mm-hmm. I, I love series one. You know, Father's Day is is brilliant. The the, the opening episode Rose is great. Watch, you know. The Doctor dances. The Empty Child is is superb. Um, I think. I mean, I I honestly think this might be one of my, it, it, quite possibly my favourite finale. I I just adore it. I mean, I do like um I like Tennant's last you know story. Um, what other finales have we had? I quite like the Master one. Uh, uh, the sound. sound of the drums yeah. and all that. You know, I like them, but something about this one. And again, I think it's what you said about series one as well. It feels unique and different and just there's something very special about series one. And this is a great way for it to end. It's, it, it definitely goes out on high. It does. Yeah. Um, and just before we move on, I just want to say that poor old Captain Jackie gets left behind. Oh, I know. Doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. After all the help and everything, he's thrown himself in because he, he kind of kind of puts his life in the doctor's hands, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, you, you can tell that he's got a lot of love and respect for the doctor because, you know, he turns around and says, you know, I've, you know, something along the lines of, you know, what does he say about the doctor? Always will, always trusted him, always will, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then his little face, you know, he's put his his whole life and he's put his life on the line and he's helped the doctor and everything and then he wants him. <laughs> And the TARDIS just buggering off and he just stood there like, oh no. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. He must think, oh great, this is brilliant. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, I know we shouldn't think about what might have been, but but imagine a series two with Jack, Rose and and Eccleston as the TARDIS team. Yeah. I think that would have been great, even if they'd have done it for like half a series and then Jack left or, or whatever. But those three together are great. I mean, there's a lovely feel between the three of them and they're like when yeah. he's saying goodbye and rose is like well he's he'll be all right won't he you know and i just it's a very natural chemistry between those three mm-hmm. um I, i'd just i'd just love to see more of that that tardis team really i know he comes back in the tenant era but um yeah, i think he works really well with chris's doctor because that chris is that no nonsense stuff isn't it he doesn't he really is. take any nonsense yeah. from jack but he quite likes the you know, humouring him and stuff. So I think they work really well together, yeah. those three. And he gets a little kiss at the end as well, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, they all get a little kiss. Yeah, it's all very yeah. it's all very cosy and yeah, I like what you mean. The chemistry's brilliant between the three. Yeah. yeah. I could have I could have seen more of them if they'd have done the second series, but hey. He doesn't get off too badly though. He gets his own spin off for a while, doesn't he? Gets tortured after this and 
True, yeah. true. And I have got to ask, and you might be able to clarify this just quickly, is it, I've always assumed, and I, I don't know if I've got this wrong, but is the fact that Captain Jack can't die because of what happens to him in this? That's correct. Is it because, yep. Ro, that is correct. So it's because yep. Rose saves him mm-hmm. that he just can't be killed. That's right. So yep. basically she caused it. Okay. That's going good. See, I've always assumed that's what it was, but I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah. Yeah. So up to this point, he could have been killed. But then when she yeah. brings him back, that's when he's, yeah. Yeah. He just keeps like going around. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is a very nice little tie in, isn't it? I like that. I like mm. that idea. Mm. Uh, anything? I think we've gone through, normally we do our breakdown of story and characters. I think we spoke about most stuff. Is there anything you want to mention? Yeah. Before we move on, I think. Um... Oh, no, there is actually one thing. There is. And it's it's the only slight negative that I have. Oh. Oh, um, oh. And uh, yeah, yeah. So I should I should quickly say that. And it's the, the the reveal of the bad wolf. What it actually is is the only thing I can say that is slightly underwhelming for me. Because I always there's such a big build up to it throughout the whole series that when it's revealed that it's just Rose that scattered it through time and space to to bring her back, I've always found that a bit underwhelming. To be honest, um, it, it still works. I still like it. Oh, but I, I just, right. I don't know. I never, because I, I, I was expecting something else. Um, in a way, it's quite nice that it's something so subtle because it's not like a big sort of Stephen Moffat reveal of, oh my goodness me, I never saw that coming. But so in a way, it's quite nice that it's something small. But um, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't quite the, wasn't quite the payoff that I wanted. Let's put it that way. But right. it's a very, very minor uh, niggle with the story, um, to be honest with you. But it's about the only negative I can find. <laughs> okay, that's yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Rightio, scores for Parting of the Ways. It's you to go first. Me to go first. So uh, this is a, a 9.5 out of 10 for me. It would have been a 10. It's just the Bad Wolf thing slightly lets it down for me. But uh, it's, a, it's a very, very strong 9.5 out of 10. It's one of my favourites, actually. Yeah. Really. Since the show came back, I just, yeah, it's one of my favourite episodes. Yeah, it's a snap for me as well, 9.5. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. It really is one of the best finales for me. Yeah. In in modern modern Doctor Who since two thousand and five, it's just it's just got it all in there. And and Chris, well, all the performances really, but primarily Chris is just magic. It's just yeah. It, yeah, it is. It's a really good send off for him. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Our last visit <sighs> to the ninth Doctor's era. Anyways. Oh. Yeah. What's it our beautiful listeners think? Let's rattle through these audio clips. We've got another bunch in. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah, good stuff. We are going to kick off with Loopy Lou. The hey. oncoming storm eye to eye with the Emperor of the Daleks is a pretty epic start to this great, great episode. I love how Captain Jack is basically a changed man from meeting the Doctor. He's a better man, a braver man. I think we'd all be changed for the better from meeting the Doctor, don't you? Time Vortex Rose is awesome. What an amazing moment. I just, I don't know what to say about this episode because it's just so perfect. I can't fault it at all. 10 out of 10. 10. 10 out of 10, yeah, I do agree with Lou. It's so good. Straight in with a 10. Mm. Let's do Dean Jones. Hello, everybody. So, the parting of the ways. I'll get my mind in it, picks out of the way. And that's to the Rose. The first point is whenever Linda with a Y interacts with the Doctor in any shape or form she has this kind of disgusted look on her face i don't like that and the second point is when mickey and rose and the tardis they're having that conversation and rose basically says there's just nothing left here for me at all 
which I think is very harsh. Everything else, however, I absolutely love. The Daleks, along with the story Dalek, probably the best they've ever been in the modern series and still hasn't been topped. The script is excellent. The acting is brilliant. I think it's really well-paced. It's incredibly well-directed. And, of course, the man cementing it all together, apart from RTD, of course, is Christopher Eccleston, who, pardon the pun, was absolutely fantastic in this story. And very interesting bit of trivia for me on this one. Uh, Because Series 1 was my introduction to Doctor Who, uh, I didn't know anything about regeneration, really. Um, I hadn't seen any of the stories, so going into this one, I didn't actually know that uh, Chris had said that he was leaving, he wasn't going to do any more. So when the regeneration came, it was quite the shock for me. Uh, So it's always a memory that stays in my mind. And for my money, this is the best regeneration of the modern series. And this could very well be my favourite regeneration story of all time. But uh, we'll have to wait and see once I've gone through all the other regenerations. So with that, with those minor nitpicks aside... I love this two-parter. Both, uh, well, I gave Bad Wolf a 9 out of 10 last week. I'm going to give The Parting of the Ways a 10 out of 10 for this week. And the whole two-parter is a 10 out of 10. Until next time, guys, take care and see you next week. Thank you, Dean. Wow, that's quite, that must be a cool memory to have, watching that regeneration fresh without any mm. thing coming up. Yeah, it must be awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's do Owen Daly. Hello Karen Adam, hope you're both well and enjoying the show this week. So Parting of the Ways, Bad Wolf is a perfect opener and Parting of the Ways is just a beautiful ending. This has got to be probably the best New Who regeneration because um, it, it just has such a great impact on me because it's not built up, it's not overdone like End of Time and uh, what's it called, Time of the Doctor. They're not bigged up. This one was just another Doctor Who story where things went wrong and the Doctor had to regenerate and I love that. And I love how the Doctor regenerates. He's not being, he's not vain, he's not being superior to anyone else he's just helping a friend and i just i love that and the, his the nine doctors goodbye is beautiful we have some great uh, we've got some great bits here with the doctor saying how he'd be a coward over a killer any day and that defines the doctor and i love the parting of the ways so i'm going to give this a nine out of ten thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show another nine nice one yeah high scores he's a rolling in let's do sammy Satine. G'day, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, the parting of the ways, or the beginning of Rose being a cow. She glares at Linda, tells Mickey there's no one for her back on Earth, even though Mickey is there, and her mother, who loves her and raised her. Anyway, why hasn't anyone made a figure of the Dalek Emperor? Linda! No! I like Linda with a Y. Why did they have to kill her? Anyway, wonderful to see Jackie and Mickey. Gotta love them. Chris, of course, is brilliant. I think as much as I love Chris that it's good he only did one series because his whole arc as a doctor completed in one series and it meant you could introduce new people to the concept of regeneration sooner as well as making the Christmas special a new start. Nice to see David at the end. Love Chris's last words. Nine out of ten. See ya. Thank you very much, Sammy. Cheers, Sammy. Now, I don't want to encourage your spending because I know what you like, Sammy, but um, Eagle Moss did a lovely figurine of the Emperor Dalek, um, which you might want to look up online. I haven't got it, but it looks lovely. So we're spending other people's money now. It's about 50 quid, I think, <laughs> but he's very nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you, Sammy. Uh, let's move on to George Buddy. Hello, Garen Adams. So, uh, yeah, 
the parting of the uh, ways, the conclusion to last week's episode, is directed brilliantly by Joe Ahern, um, and I love Murray's music in it as well. But the thing is, this isn't a negative, I never quite see it as a regeneration story though in my head, because obviously it's not building up the regeneration, but it's quite nice because you have all these modern big building up for building things, it's quite nice to have like a subtle regeneration. How good is Christopher Eckerson though, he is right on top form. I love the design of the Dalek Emperor, but it doesn't look that great on screen, it does just sort of just look like a, a model's been enlarged and put on screen. <laughs> Rose feels a bit series 2 when she's with Linda if I'm honest, which is annoying because I quite like Rose in series 1. Sending the companion away like when he sends Rosa back home was done much better in this episode than it was with Clara in Time of the Doctor, despite how much I love Time of the Doctor. The Daleks are pure evil when they go down into floor zero and kill everybody when they don't need to, and they're also pretty good in the whole of the episode as well. I heard your sound that you use for the merch corner in here actually. The regeneration is handed br handled brilliantly as well. So if I was going to give this episode a score it has to be a 10 out of 10 and my score for the finale is a 9 out of 10. Just before I go I just want to say that you are absolute, you're fantastic, absolutely fantastic and you know what, so was I. Oh, <laughs> oh that is a great line isn't it, I love it when Chris says that. It's brilliant, yeah. yeah. Uh, two more to go, this is Jake Bertwistle. Hello, Gary and Adam, and the rest of the listeners of this week's Big Blue Box podcast. So, parting of the ways. There was a lot of death, and I mean a, a, a lot. Uh, every, everyone died. Linda died, Jack died, Elaine the Pain died, and most tragically of all, the android died. Very sad. Easily my all-time favourite character in Doctor Who. I love it when the Daleks kill people. It just makes them feel a lot more threatening. I can't remember the last time a Dalek actually properly killed someone. What I'm trying to say is, take notes, Moffat. This is how you write for the Daleks. The ending felt a bit... I don't know, the Doctor kissing Rose just felt a bit forced and it just didn't feel natural. I didn't really like the Doctor kissing Rose. I don't really like it when the Doctor kisses companions. But apart from that, I absolutely love this episode. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. See ya. 9. 9 out of 10. I have to say, actually, the, that line when Chris says, oh, come here, you need a doctor, before he gives her a kiss. <laughs> it is very cheesy, but you know what? I think Chris just about gets away with it. Just about. Yeah. Just about. <laughs> and our last audio clip is from Lewis Palmer. Hello, Big Blue Box podcast. The parting of the ways. It is genuinely one of my favourite regeneration stories just ever. I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's a full-on Doctor versus Dalek story, and it's it's the perfect wrap-up to Series 1. It, it really is. It's It says goodbye to all the characters you know. You could easily watch this and not continue on with Series 2 with David Tennant, but, you know, it, it's, it says goodbye to everyone, and it... But at the same time, it leads them into this this new era w with the Tenth Doctor, and I just oh, so good, man! It, it, it's it's so so good. The Daleks are so threatening; they're just murdering people left, right. God, I wish they do that nowadays. It is God. I just I love this story to bits. It's it's so it's fantastic. I love it. I I can't say enough good things about it. The regeneration scene itself is how you should do a regeneration scene. He's he's not. 
he's not crying, he, he's not, you know, scared, he, he's sort of, he's wary, but he's telling his companion, look, it's going to be okay, I'm going to I'm gonna change, I'm going to be someone else, but it's, it's going to be okay. And it's Eccleston saying goodbye, and I didn't want him to go, so, yeah, easy, easy 9.5 out of 10 for me, so, uh, yeah, see you next time, guys. Another 9. Thanks, Lewis. This could potentially be the highest scores we've had. Yeah, I know, yeah. Good story. That's all our audio clips. Thank you so much, guys, for sending those in. We love listening to those. Uh, we changed things up a bit on Twitter this week. Instead of just throwing out the um, the uh, tweet asking you, we did a poll, which is very nice. And the results are thus. Uh, we asked you, the partner of the ways, what do you lot think? 91% of you said it's fantastic. Yeah. And 9% of you said exterminate me now. What? What's wrong with you? Yeah, so the 9%... We'll send Dalek Tech out for you. Dalek Tech, he's going to be furious at that. <laughs> that would be pleased. He'd be like, oh, I get to exterminate. <laughs> so thank you very much for voting on the poll. I think we'll do that because it's uh, moving forward. Yeah, it's fun. It's a nice visual way. Uh, anything over on the Geek's Handbag? Yeah, and a couple of just uh, quick comments. So Henry Matterson says uh, it's a great episode. He loves Eccleston. Uh, Reese Jenkins says I love this episode. Sad it was Eccleston's last story, but it introduced me to his favourite doctor, David Tennant. Yeah, same yeah. as you there. And Charlie Turner says, why did he have to go so soon? I know, Charlie. But anyway, The Partner of the Ways is one of, if not the most perfect way to end the most perfect doctor. He gives it 10 out of 10. And he says, farewell, Christopher. You were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? <laughs> so was I. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, all positives made. Nothing apart from that strange 9% wanting to be exterminated. Most of the people will love this one, don't they? They do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, strong... So that's going to do for 159. Thank you so much for all your stuffs. Next week, we're going back to Classic Week. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah, Davison, isn't it? A Davison story next week. Yeah, what we got? <laughs> Terminus. 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 Yeah, that's a funny one, isn't it? Yes. So, th- memory serves. This is one of the Black Guardian is it? trilogy I episodes, it. if memory serves. Correct. I haven't seen it in a little while. No. Yes. Anyway. It's not one of those f- funny wooden costumes. Is it, it is. I can't yeah. remember Terminus much. Yeah. Yeah, the Vanniers. Oh. The Vanniers, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, get your classic DVDs out for next week because we'll be asking you for your reviews on that. So, uh, yeah, let's close out 159. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us for 159. It's been awesome talking through the news and merch. Equally as awesome going through Eccleston's last last story for our reviews, the part in other ways. That's it. Decent scores, nines and tens. Love it. Yeah. Never get bored of watching that one like you, mate. No, I don't. I love it. Love it to bits. Indeedy. Next week venturing back into the classic years Mr. Davison so get your DVDs out or if you're over in the US or whatever get your Britbox subscription (laughs) fired up for Terminus Terminus will be upon us next week so yeah I haven't watched Davison in a while you know no nor have I actually no Uh, in fact I don't know the last time we did a Davison story Uh. it was probably back with 
Oh, crikey. I don't think we've done... Anyways, it's been a long time. It's been a while, isn't it? I can't remember either. Time flight back in February. Oh, that's why we don't remember. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we don't remember. Uh, So, yes, head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all the previous shows on there. Plus, you can link off to all the social stuff. And you can also subscribe to us on the podcast networks. Um, If you're an iTunes listener, just do a search for us on there. But we're also on all the other podcast directories. And we're back on Stitcher now as well. They seem to have sorted their uh, website and feed out. So we're back in Stitcher, which is good. That's good. And if you are an iTunes listener, if you could uh, throw over a review and a rating, that would be awesome. Because that really helps us out a lot. Yes. Check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Oh, yeah, have a look at that. The Geek's Handbag. <laughs> Check him out on YouTube That'll and be Facebook. my new theme. Yeah. <laughs> Geek's Handbag. <laughs> like the Flintstones <laughs> theme. Yeah. So, yeah, check out Adam's channel. Just give him a search and a like and a sub. And all that jazz over on YouTube. Great videos from Adam. You'll not be disappointed. No, indeed. No, indeedy. So, yeah, we look forward to uh, having your company again next week. So get your microphones ready for your audio clips, your fingers ready for your written reviews, and we'll get them on. So until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Uh... Uh...